Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello again, Steve Wilson here, and we're back and continuing once again our study through the book of Matthew. We have progressed up through chapter 24 and verse 5. Now, in these uh, next couple chapters, we see Jesus addressing the uh, end times in response to questions that he's being asked. And um, started by talking about the temple. And, you know, told him that it was going to be torn down in verse 2. I say unto you, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And so they, you know, the disciples ask him, well, you know, what's what's going on? You know, what's when is all this going to happen? And, um, you know, how's it how's it going to come about and, and all that sort of thing? He said, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? They want to know what to look for so they can prepare for it. So Jesus begins to respond with regard to the end times. And I think I said in my previous uh, blog um, that, you know, this as he begins to talk here about the end times, um, there are some things to consider. Number one, he's answering people, talking to people, telling them what to look for, and he's talking to people that won't even be there when this happens. I mean, he knows um, that it's way down the road somewhere. I mean, here we are 2,000 years later. It still hasn't happened. So he knows that these people are all going to be gone by then. So it's not so critical that the timelines be uh, in place. He's just talking about events that occur during the whole eschatological event, which incorporates everything from the things that occur, signs that, 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 that people see leading up to the rapture, things that occur during the tribulation after the rapture, the second coming of Christ, the battle of Armageddon, and you know the millennial reign, and then the final uh, judgment and everything. I mean, because bear in mind, as I've said I think a few times, there's no such thing as a time frame with God. Time is for us. He, he, he created time so we have a, a, a measuring tool, something to use as human beings. And, you know, and we're limited creatures, and so he created something by which to limit us. 
But when he's talking about these end times, he's just talking about things that are going to occur, and he's not interested in making sure at, at this point here, you get into Revelation, and of course Daniel helps in different places in Scripture, you can start putting a time frame together to some degree. We don't know exactly when he's going to return, but you know we can, we can determine things, signs that he mentions here, some of these signs that we begin to see that occur before the rapture, which can't nail down the actual day. So he's not, he's not right here, he's not concerned about the actual day. He's not concerned about the time frame. He's just saying it's, it's going to come. And the only value here is that I'm sure he knows this is going to be recorded in Scripture and preserved for mankind later on, but if you put it in context here, you know, which is what we need to do, we understand that this is not a passage that you can definitively use to nail down a particular sequence of events. He doesn't necessarily put them in the order in which they occur. He just talks about things that will occur during those last days. So that's, that's what he's doing. Um, and he says in verse 5, and I know we covered this last time, but, you know, I just want to kind of bring it up again. He says, one of the things that's going to happen, he says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And now, we'll mention that again a couple more times because he repeats that. Um, and he wants us to know that we need to be on the lookout for these people that come. He doesn't say exactly when they come. They just come at some point in time during this these end-time events. And so then in verse 6, he mentions another thing to look for, another sign. He says, And many shall come in my name, saying, I am... I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong verse. Um, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. To pass. But the end is not yet. So he says, there's going to be a lot of conflict. And everywhere you look, everywhere you hear, there's, there's always going to be wars. And, and, thing, and you're going to be hearing about wars. You won't necessarily be involved in them, but you will hear about them. Now, here's the thing. Back in that day, you know, wars could have been occurring somewhere that they would never have known about. Foreign countries. There are lines of communication were not as they are today. They didn't have the technology that we have today. You know, we instantaneously know what's going on all around the world, no matter where it is. Back in that day, the only line of communication they would have had would have been if somebody brought a message to them, physically. Um, well, there would have been no point you know, in some circumstances, that everybody in the world would know what's going on in other parts of the world. That you know, there could there could be a skirmish, a conflict, a, a war, whatever you want to call it, that everybody wouldn't know about. But today, it's very difficult for that to occur without the whole world knowing. It's it's world news, and of course, there's big money in news. People are constantly seeking news. There are always these news agencies and whatnot. They're always looking for something to share, sensationalize, to build their listening audience with. So it's very difficult, no matter where you are in the world, for a conflict to occur that is not shared with everybody in the world. Um, 
here's another thought. The world is bigger now. There's more people. If there's more people, there's more conflict. More conflict, more wars. The more people you got, the more potential for conflict that you have. So just simply by the, the, the growth in our population, there's going to be wars. And there's always going to be rumors of wars. There's always going to be people who are at odds with one another. Right now, you know, we're dealing with this situation in Ukraine. Our relationships with Russia are strained. Well, it seems like there's always somebody like that, that, you know, there's there's tension that's going on. And where there's tension, there's the potential for conflict. Um you know, we've got, uh, we're over, I think I'm, we're over 7 billion people on the planet now. It wasn't long, very long ago, it was 6 billion. When I was born, it was less than half that. So, I mean, it's just, you know, we're growing exponentially. And to me, that's just another sign that we're nearing the end time because at some point we're going to run out of space. Um, you know, more crowded it gets, the more uncomfortable people are. The more interaction there is, the more interaction there is, the more conflict there is, the more disagreements, that sort of thing. Um, but he also says another thing in that verse. He says, see that you be not troubled. Well, number one, as I said before, he's talking to people who he knows are not going to be there during these days. Uh, these things are not going to occur during their lifetime. Um, so he says, don't sweat it. Another thing is, if you're a Christian... And, uh, you know, you believe that Christ is coming back in the rapture. You're not going to be here anyway now. There will be people who get saved during the tribulation. Um, so there will be Christians during the tribulation period, but there will be new converts, basically. So, um, you know, so if, if, if I'm reading this and I'm looking at all this prophecy, the only value that it has to me is so that I can learn something to share with someone else that potentially might cause them to come to Christ before this all occurs. But for me personally, I'm not, I'm not sweating it. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to have to go through any of this. Um, and he, and he says, of course, in verse 7, he said, For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places, and all these are the beginning of sorrows. Just the beginning of sorrows. It gets even worse than what he's describing here. So when we look at the end times, man, it's going to be, to say they're difficult times is is a, a gross understatement. Um, they're going to be a whole, it's like a lot of things in the Bible. You know, when he describes heaven, I don't care how Vividly, it's described or and, and, and pictured in our minds. You know, we all know that it's it's going to be even more glorious than that. Well, I think the tribulation that's going to occur as we go into those last days is going to be a lot worse than we can imagine. It's going to be a lot more difficult for people than we can possibly think about. But you know, some of these things. I mean, we're seeing these these things occur. I mean, we we get the wars and rumors of wars. You know, that's pretty constant already. And uh, nation shall rise against nation. You never know who it, you don't know who your friend is. You don't really know who your foe is. Of course, you know, Israel there's always conflict with regard to Israel. And so, 
you know, one day, you know, you have countries who are friends of Israel, and then the next day you have countries who are not. The United States has always been an ally of Israel, but with our leadership now, you know, that, that, that relationship is strained. So you never really know who's going to turn on you. You can't really, when it comes to foreign relations, uh, you, you can't trust anybody. There's, there's really nobody for sure that you know is you know, going to have your back. Earthquakes, uh, you know, I did a study on those, you know, a few years back. And um, the, the, the recordings that we have of earthquakes increased like in every 10-year period. You know, it showed that you'd had more earthquakes than the prior 10-year period. So we're having more now than we've ever known. Now, how much is that is due to the fact that we have technology that can track and record and become aware of earthquakes? You know, I, I don't know how much impact that has on it. I'm sure some, because there's, before an earthquake obviously could happen somewhere around the world, nobody would know about it. Now, now we have the ability to track these things and know about them. So just, you know, just the fact that, that we have the ability to find them and record them, you know, makes it look like we're having more earthquakes when we're really not. But the truth is, we really are, um, you know, because they're recording earthquakes in areas that we've always been able to record or have been able to record for years and in those regions they're increasing so they're becoming more frequent and more violent so you know we 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 see all that occur uh, and and occur in places that you never used to have them before famines famines pestilences all these things occur but they're going to get even worse and when you read the description of things that occur during the tribulation it gets really bad uh, verse 9 uh, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for thy name's sake well again he's re he's talking to these people here and he's directing his his uh, address to them, but in reality, he's talking to us because these people are not going to be there during that period of time. Now, these people will, you know, those folks did face betrayal, but not to the extent that will be. People who follow Christ are going to be the ones who are rejecting the mark of the beast and all that sort of thing, and people are going to turn against them. They, they, they turn against us now. People don't like Christianity. People hate Christianity. Christianity is persecuted even more so than it you know, was in the past, but it's gonna get worse. And you know, that's why it's so important for us to try and make sure that we bring people to Christ. They need to know Christ now so that they're not here during those days. Those, those days are gonna be terrible days because not only will you have family members that you love and hold dear turn against you, but you're also gonna be faced with the responsibility of protecting your younger family members, children, and that sort of thing. And in, in a time when you don't have the resources that we have now, and when you can trust people even less than we trust people now, it says, you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Well, there's a lot of people that hate us already, but a lot more will. And every day we see that. You know, when you look at statistics of people that go to church, profess Christ, and all things like that, those the, the number of people and the percentage of people that, that do consistently falls. It becomes less and less and less. 
Um, and so when you get into a day where you have the Antichrist sitting on the throne, and you know everything's against you, even the government is openly against you, even more so than it is now, you can only imagine how bad it could be. So certainly, folks, you don't you don't want to be here when that happens. And if there's somebody's listening to this now and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, please, please accept Him as your Savior. Get in a church, ask the preacher, find Christ, bring Him into your life, trust Him, and be saved today. We're over our time, and so we'll uh, we'll pick up again in verse ten next time when we come back. Goodbye, and God bless.